Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. It's a Saturday night ed- edition here in a steamy, from a steamy northeast. And I'm joined by the ever unflappable, cool as a cucumber looking Mr. Rich Baxter. Rich, how are you? All right, Gary. Thanks a lot. You keep me from not laughing sometimes with these introductions. <laughs> but I, I thank you very much. Doing well. The hot stove is bubbling. We were just talking before we started on a big Mets deal that they just announced tonight. Yeah, well, it's not official yet, uh, but the uh, Mets are apparently talking to the Texas Rangers uh, about Max Scherzer going there. And one of the players that is mentioned coming back to the mix is a 21-year-old shortstop second baseman uh, by the name of Luis Angel Acuna. Now, does that name sound familiar to you, that last name? Maybe he, the younger brother of Atlanta superstar Ronald yeah, Acuna Jr., maybe? Yes, he is. Uh, he's not uh, to that level of a, a... He's not as good as his brother, which is to say, you know, uh, a superstar, but uh, he's supposed to be a very, very good player. He's the number three prospect for the Texas Rangers. And I, you know, I don't know if they'll get somebody else thrown in the deal. I'd like to see a pitcher thrown in the deal to come back. Maybe uh, a Jack lighter. That would be great with his uncle, uh, you know, right here and and a former Met. Maybe the Mets can do that. But um, from what I hear now, they are working on the money details. Uh, Scherzer has an opt-out clause at the end of the season. So he can opt out of his contract uh, and not get his $43 million for next year. Why I would opt out at this point in his career with the way he's pitched okay, not great this year. Uh, I don't think an opt-out would be my first choice. I, I would take the $43 million and hope I could bounce back next year. But he does have that opt-out. And after the Mets traded David Robertson, there was some uh, nuts. Um, I, I wouldn't say f- unflattering, but uh, uh, Scherzer came out and said that he's got to talk to the organization about this and uh, what their plans are and stuff, which kind of gave you the indication that uh, he, he might have said he's going to opt out at the end of the year. So uh, they've been working on this deal, apparently. And now it looks like it's going to come to fruition. Again, it's a money thing. I would assume that the Mets are going to pay a big chunk of his salary next year, uh, but it will clear him off of their payroll. And that will help not only with the uh, luxury tax, but also, uh, you know, allow them to spend money. Uh, rumors are that they're interested in Otani. They'll go after Otani. You have Blake Snell out there next year. Um, you know, there'll be some guys around that they can fill in the spots. And we'll see. This could be a complete rebuild. Uh, they could go and dump some of the other guys, too, like uh, Justin Verlander and uh, Jeff McNeil. But um, that's the big news right now. And uh, Rich, there are other names rumored to be on a trading block. Nolan Arenado from St. Louis rumored 
to be possibly going to the Dodgers, but he said nobody's talked to him yet. Uh, Blake Snell could be traded from the Padres as, as they've been a bit of a disappointment this year as well. So uh, very interesting stuff going on in the world of baseball. Yeah. And as you said, the Mets are, are dealing, uh, dropping some of their big names faster than you can say boo. And the Rangers are picking them up. I mean, you have uh, the Rangers already have two guys with like $300 million contracts, similar to the Phillies, uh, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Uh, they added Araldis Chapman, 100-mile-an-hour fastball thrower for the uh, closing role. They're going for it, the Rangers are. They're making no bones about it. They're uh, taking all the stops out, and they're going for it this year. Oh, good for them. They've got a new ballpark. You know, they're drawing. So why not? Uh, I, I think it's fascinating to uh, watch and see what else they're going to do. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what other teams are going to do. The Dodgers have been busy already. Uh, they acquired Lance Lynn and Kiki Hernandez, Joe Kelly, and Ahmad Rosario in, in different deals. I know your Phillies are searching uh, for some starting pitching and uh, a right-handed hit hitting outfielder. Uh, the Mets have already traded the David Robertson, their closer for this year, to the Miami Marlins for uh, uh, a couple of young prospects uh, that are, are way down in the minors, but that come highly regarded. Uh you know, people aren't happy about that. They're not happy about the getting prospects, but you have to build somewhere and you have to take a chance and hope that some of these guys do pan out, you know, and and if they do, then then it's a great trade. If they don't, well, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, and of course, the biggest name in the trade block is Shohei Otani. We haven't heard much about him uh, there was plans that uh, Artie Moreno, who owns the Anaheim Angels or whatever they're called, Los Angeles Angels, was going to keep them. <laughs> but then there's another side of the coin that says the chance of him being an angel on opening day 2024 is about 5%. So um, I think there's a deal still somewhere out there for Otani. Maybe a big surprise is due for Mets fans. Maybe Cohen is clearing the the deck, trying to bring in uh, uh, a salary, dumping some salary, um, looking to make some sort of deal. You never know. Could be. Uh, they uh, apparently they came out and announced that they will not trade him, but. Uh, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can't. Why would you hold on to him unless you're positive you can sign him? And and the rumor is that that uh, not necessarily that he wants to leave, but that he's gonna, you know, look into uh, free agency. So why would you take that chance, especially with the Dodgers right there, with the unlimited funds? It seems. And uh, and the Mets with big money and and uh, Philly seem willing to spend. I mean, it you know I don't understand, but they should have really imagined a deal they could make. Woo. Yeah, yeah. So they it'll be interesting it. to see what happens. Um, a 
couple teams in the mix for Otani, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he moves. That's the biggest name uh, possibly on the trading block. And some deals are getting done. We've still got a few more days to go till the 1st, I believe, at 6 p.m., I think is the deadline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, already a lot of moves, like we were saying, but um, still plenty more possibly to come. Yeah, the White Sox are definitely selling. I mean, they've got they got rid of uh, uh, Giolito and uh, Lynn, and so they're really uh, in in a sell mode. So, uh, yeah, it, there's going to be some teams. Cincinnati's looking for some pitching and another bat. Uh, as we said, the Phillies, the Blue Jays, and uh, everybody and their brothers looking for pitching. So. Uh, that's why you, you know you can get at least a high prospect for a guy like Scherzer who's struggled a little bit, but hey, he is you know a future Hall of Famer. So uh, there's got to be uh, there's got to be a market out there, and 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 he can help a young team, and uh, you know so that's the second Met going down there to Texas. If if the trade is made, Jacob Degrom went down. Uh, as a free agent signing, and uh, unfortunately had to get uh, Tommy John surgery, so he's out for the year. So, um, but we shall see. We are breathlessly awaiting us Met fans by the the uh, television and the radio and the, and the phone, the Twitter accounts to see yeah. when and if this deal goes through. Very cool. So um, amazing that Scherzer all all of a sudden brought up the fact that David Robertson was gone. Now he may be gone yeah. from the Mets as well. But um, let's look at the standings real quick uh, around the league. Uh, Baltimore still holding a nice lead by a game and a half over the Tampa Bay Rays. And I actually saw the Baltimore Orioles in action in the last couple of days over in Philadelphia for a game. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're a young group that, and, you know, not ready for primetime players. You don't know uh, unless you follow the Orioles who they are because they're not big names, but they certainly can play a great game of baseball. They're 63 and 40 on the year. And uh, they've found something. All of a sudden, they've uh, jettisoned right on to the top. And there was a lot of Oriole fans in Philadelphia to support them. So uh, they've got the, the fan base behind them as well. And that's a great story, especially with the start that Tampa Bay had. Tampa yeah. Bay had that incredible start. And now Baltimore has caught them and... As you say, they are a very young team. They probably don't even know what they're doing or where they're doing or how they're doing it, but they have built their farm system, and that's what a lot of teams are looking at now. They've built their farm system. Now, granted, they have been terrible for the last 10 years or so, uh, but they built the farm system up, and now it is paying in dividends, and they had a Terrific year last year, finishing above 500. And this year, look at them. They're in, they're in first place. And uh, a great story, Rich. Yes, indeed. Over in the Central, it's the Minnesota Twins. 
uh, with a game and half lead over the Cleveland Guardians. And that's uh, a division that looks like it's up for grabs as well. Um, they yeah. keep flip-flopping back and forth. Um, records that are close to 500 record are looking like it's going to win that uh, central division at this point. And the team that we just talked about a few minutes ago, acquiring all these uh, players, it seems Texas Rangers with a two game lead over the Houston Astros defending world champions of baseball out there in Houston. So uh, Texas and Houston going at it, battling uh, for players and for the best record out there in the AL West. And, and the angels are, uh, uh, made some deals as well. They, uh, who did they just bring in? Was it, uh, oh, the name, name escapes me, they but they just, brought Yeah. They just brought in, um, a good player. I know that, um, Artie Moreno made the deal for him. Uh, and oh, they, gee. they seem like they, they wanted to buy a little bit there. Um, even though they're not up towards the top of um of that division so uh Artie moreno trying to make something happen who knows maybe he'll keep uh otani and and roll the dice otani's practically that whole ball club and he leads every category in batting <laughs> he it's probably amazing. he's probably he's probably the whole uh american league he leads everything i think so uh yeah, but the Angels are only four and a half games out of first. So, you know, I guess they're figuring they still have a chance. Uh, I guess we'll look at the wild card standings in a minute and see where they stand in that race. But, uh, you know, I could see them uh, uh, staying in it. And, uh, you know, Houston, Houston could swing a deal with the Mets for Verlander and he could go home to Houston again. And, and that would not be interesting. Uh, Verlander and Scherzer fighting it out with one another after being teammates for part of a year, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, uh, and that was uh, Lucas Giolito that the oh, that's crack, right, uh, Chicago right. White Sox pitcher, one of their star pitchers. I just watched a game that he pitched not too long ago. He did really well, and yeah. um, traded right to the Angels. So. Uh, that was a nice move. I wish the Phillies could have done something like that and got a, a Giolito. Yeah. Well, maybe the Phillies will will pull something out of the hat. They've got a pretty good farm system, so they may be able to use some of those guys to uh, bring in uh, a pitcher. Yeah, that would have been nice. But, um, yep, let's go over to the National League for our um, little look at who's winning over there and of course our favorite division in national league east still being led by the atlanta braves and 65 and 36 no let up from the braves it seems like they're just going to be on cruise control here for the rest of the year uh philadelphia is coming up to challenge them they've taken second place but they're sort of in a distance 10 games back yep and uh miami's hanging in there as well rich and of course, then there's the uh, my Mets who are floundering a little, though they are on a two-game winning streak right now, and the Washington Nationals who were just uh, 
Uh, I'll tell you what, though, with Washington, they have some good young players. They're going to be tough. This is going to be one hell of a division in the next few years uh, because Philadelphia is still hanging in there, and, and they've got some good young players. Miami has that young pitching staff, and they're putting the pieces in around them. Uh, the Mets will remain to be seen what direction they go into, but they have the money, so you can't count them out. And the Nationals are building slowly uh, with young players and have a couple of really good young pitchers. So this is going to be a tough division in a couple of years. And moving on to the Central, there's a horse race there again, Rich, with Milwaukee and Cincinnati. Yeah, Milwaukee with a slight edge as of uh, the time we're doing this podcast. They're at Atlanta, so that's going to be a good matchup for them. 57 and 47. Only a half game behind is the Cincinnati Reds. They've changed mm-hmm. it up a little bit. Um, coming out of nowhere, it seems, and uh, all of a sudden challenging the Brewers for the NL Central. Yep, and and out west, a familiar face, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. But the Giants are hanging tough, as is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're only four games back, and the Giants are three. San Diego, nine games back. Colorado Colorado out of it at 18 and a half. And, and Rich, you know, I, I think that to the fans out there that teams seem out of it, and are starting to trade some of their players. Uh, don't be totally discouraged. Just think of the teams like Baltimore and Cincinnati and Arizona and San Francisco and what they've done uh, with the young players and how they've come back and are, are really uh, contenders now. There's always that possibility. So don't be too discouraged. Yes, indeed. Uh, And I apologize. I was just looking at the schedule for the Phillies coming up. They'll be playing the Giants (laughs) (laughs) next month. So I was looking at, oh, I'd like to see that game. A couple of those games, actually. So, uh, yeah, as you said, Washington, still a scrappy club. Phillies playing Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh. They're very scrappy. They're not that great. But they have forty something wins, so they're they're a team that likes to spoil. Similar to the Washington Nationals, they know they're not going anywhere, but they still have a scrappy team. So uh, on any given night, one of these teams can can beat your favorite greater club. So uh, that's what we love about baseball. And uh, getting back to the timing of baseball, I know we talked about that a lot this season so far on the show. Maybe I've settled into it. I went to a game the other night and I was like, ah, you know, I'm not going to stay the whole game, but it came to the bottom of the seventh, top of the eighth. And I started to leave. I think I'm getting used to it. I'm sad to say uh, the new timing. (laughs) I'm not, you know, I don't have that hangover. It wasn't such a shock as it was in the first (laughs) month of the season. I went to five games and I was like, what is this? It's so fast. Now I'm becoming you know, conditioned to accept this, which I still don't like. I do not like the timer. It's too fast. <laughs> Baseball was meant to be relaxed, enjoyed. Um, it but- is changing the game, though. 
it is yeah, changing I don't think the game. It's changing that that good. It's rushing things. It's everything's on a timer. That it's not basketball. It's not football. They need to expand that timer, and I hope they do that for the off season or actually for the playoffs. Really. Well, will that will remain to be seen? Uh, but it is bringing about some speed in the game, and it's changing. Uh, the way pitchers pitch and, and uh, it, you know, I think it's going to be here to stay. And uh, now if they could just do something with the robo up and, and, and get that perfected because somebody's umpires are pretty bad with their calls, uh, then we'd really have something. But uh, I don't know. But, Rich, you're changing. You're, you're evolving. Well, um, <laughs> um... what I'm getting, uh, I'm falling under the party line almost is what I want to call it. You just go to the ballpark. Now you expect to be rushed. Um, it's not the way it was, but it's not April anymore. So I'm used to a certain amount of time to be at a ballpark. I used to enjoy that extra time and now it's, it's just so rushed, but Apparently, uh, until something's done about it, that's the way it's going to be. But I, I'm, I'm, I've just noticed the last game I went to, I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad, you know. But um, it's definitely something you, I guess, you get used to, just like anything else. Which it's unfortunate to me because I still don't like a timer in baseball. Don't yeah. care for it at all. Well, you learn how to work around it. You go get your food early when you first go in. So the long, you know, you get there early. Yeah. Uh, see, I like to get there when the gates open. I don't you, know if you do. I, I, yeah, absolutely. But even then, it's like you know, once the game starts, um, I used to like to tour around the ballpark. Maybe I didn't see this stand or go around to this gift shop or you know. In Philadelphia, <laughs> anyway, there's a long line to get in the major gift shop. They only have one big major gift shop there. So if you're in that line for 10, 15 minutes to wait, you're missing, you know, a portion of the game. You might miss 10% of the game to That's go to the gift shop it. and spend your money to boot. <laughs> you got to get there when the gates open an hour and a half before the game so you can do all of that stuff. And be in your seat. I learned that lesson when we went to the World Series in 1986. We had tickets to two games. Now, we took a chance, but uh, the first game and game seven. Now, we didn't know it was going to go seven games. It ended up going it. But my buddy and I said, look, the first game, we'll get there early. We'll get in. We'll get all our souvenirs for the World Series that we wanted to get. Uh-huh. Be it a T-shirt, a program, get you know, and then game seven we go empty-handed. We go with nothing in our hands. So that's what we did, and it worked yeah. out perfectly because game seven was a, a crazy afterwards after they won the World Series, and we had nothing to carry, nothing to worry about. You know, or do I have my bag? Do I have my pro? No, we were what well, we had our programs at home. We had all our yeah. souvenirs from the stadium that we wanted to. And that's that's what you got to do. You got to get there early. You got to go. I like to go early. And, uh, you know, I've I've gone early and gone to the museum. Uh-huh. And then 
into the, uh, surprisingly enough, the exit of the museum is right into the main gift shop. Uh, It's it's funny how they set that up. Uh, But they do have another gift shop on the uh, upper level, I think it is. Uh, yeah. A little smaller, but it's got a lot of the same items. It's it's a, yeah. a decent size uh, shop, and, and of course, there's booths around um, with with stuff. But that's what you have to do. You got to get. I, we always used to get there early. I remember leaving at ten o'clock in the morning for a one o'clock game. But <laughs> everybody oh, yeah. thought, "What are you? What are you freaking crazy?" <laughs> said, no, we like to get there. We get our parking spot. We open up our sandwiches or yeah. or fire up the grill, uh, yeah. do a little uh, uh, barbecue there, and uh, be ready at game time to walk in. But Yes, uh, indeed. Well, not everybody likes going that early. <laughs> you heard it from Gary here on the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And, um, well, Gary, I guess the next podcast we have, we'll have uh, a recap of all of the moves from the hot stove. We'll be well into um, a race to the playoffs. August That's is one right. of the most interesting months of baseball. I can't believe it's here already. I just I know seemed like the season just started. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like the year just started. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's all yeah. this fun we're having? Uh it's gone by too fast. Yeah, August it'll be here, and as you said, Rick, we'll recap everything. And before we go, just one other thing uh, came out that uh, his agents uh, announced that Bartolo Colon, big sexy himself, is going to officially retire. And uh, 21 years, I believe, he played 11 different teams. Uh, Of course, made a lot of money here in New York with the Mets and the Yankees. But really, uh, the Mets were the the ones that really put him over the top, I would say. Uh, He won, I think he was here three years. Very popular. Hit his only career home run here. Uh, and uh, won 45 games. He won 15 games a year, 45, 44, something in that range. Uh, so uh, a nice med career, although short, and a fan favorite, and uh, he is going to be retired by the Mets on September 17th. So uh, that will be the, uh, I don't know if that'll be the official retirement. He probably sent in his papers officially already to Major League Baseball, but Bartolo Colon announced his retirement from baseball. So Very he's only cool. 47 uh, or 45, whatever he is, uh, 50, Actually, who I'm knows reading, with him. I'm reading an article that says he just turned 50 in April. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he pitched two years ago in Mexico. So, <laughs> yep. So Bartolo Colon, yep, just turned fifty. So that's nice that he's going to retire. They're going to honor him, and yeah, uh, I think they're even giving away a long sleeve T-shirt to the first fifteen thousand fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Bartolo yeah. Colon, quote unquote, big sexy, big t-shirt. sexy. Yeah, he picked that up <laughs> Long here. Long sleeve, and, no less. Well, it is September, Rich, so, you know, uh, yeah. the end of the season there, you're going to need that uh, 
You keep those long sleeve shirts, so they 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 got they grab you for the winter. Yeah, so you're wearing be... still wearing Mets gear in the winter. That would be a nice uh, <laughs> Sunday giveaway there, September seventeenth. So if you're a Met fan or in the in the area, you want to get yourself a nice T-shirt. First fifteen thousand through the gates will get it. Okay. And Rich, I see by the clock on the old wall, we're running yep. short on time. So, yes. Any last a- minute uh, things you want to wrap it up with? Um, I think that about covers it. Um, we'll cover some um more stuff with uh, the end of the season. Maybe some milestones coming up. Um, of course, um, in late August. Then the uh, wild card comes into play. I don't like to talk about it too much now because it's something that changes every day, basically, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll uh, bring up a lot more on the next coming editions of the Baseball Talk Radio Show. And thanks for sticking with us. Tell your friends about us. Hit the subscribe and like button. And uh, follow Gary's podcast on the Mets. You can find him Mets Musings. Just Google that Mets Musings podcast, and you'll you'll find Gary's podcast or myself over at Phillies Talk podcast with Rich Baxter and the great Matt Vizi joins me most times. You can find us at baseballtalkradio.com as well. It's the home for great baseball talk radio shows. And we will see you all the next time on another edition of the Baseball Talk Radio Show.